I was telling the men Friday night at Men at the Gate, at our Men at the Gate gathering, that uh, I've been intentionally bringing uh, words to you and messages as led by the Lord the past few times I've preached that uh, hopefully have pastored and ministered to your heart. Um, I, you know, which is, uh, of course, always my heart for you. But this morning, I really want to open up the fear of the Lord uh, together this morning. And um, I've noticed, and I know many of us have noticed, that there's an issue in the church right now of people not wanting the full gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm not just talking about signs and wonders and miracles, although that's part of, part of it. I'm also talking about not forgetting that Jesus also flips tables and exposes evil. Not forgetting that he drives out demonic spirits and agendas with a fashion whip that have defiled his holy house. Uh, we must not, not turn our hearts, turn our hearts from the fierce heart of Jesus, right? We, Sarah was releasing it and seeing it this morning. He's the, the lion and the lamb. And we must not turn our hearts from the fierce heart of Jesus that says, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it will be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. He is not okay with children being killed in the womb. He is not okay. He will not stand for abuse and slavery and indoctrination and evil agendas that lead his sheep astray towards destruction. All right, his heart burns. The heart of Jesus burns with holy passion for whole people groups, whole cities, whole nations. And so what these people are saying is they're saying, hey, just give me sweet Jesus. Just give me sweet Jesus that meets my emotional needs, fits into my box of comfort and into my narrative of social acceptance that I desire. But you see, when the when the full gospel of Jesus Christ is preached, there's an invitation to repent and be purified before him and then receive true freedom. Uh, But what what sadly happens so often is instead someone they will um, partner with a demonic stronghold and they'll they'll stay in bondage to themselves or to the the veil of the world Uh, or they'll or they will even, you know, get up and walk away. Uh, They will walk away offended by the preaching of the word of God and the full gospel of Jesus Christ, the king of glory. They will get offended by your bold stance at work because you've made a decision to please God and not man. And I'm just so thankful, um, so thankful because I've never I've never been in a church. I've never been in a church like Arise where there's such revelatory. And such true biblical teaching of the word of the Lord. We're so blessed here. I've never been in a church where Jesus and his true heart is preached more than here at Arise Birmingham. And I'm so thankful. And every one of us is part of that. You included. Uh, But, you know, the church at large has just gotten uh, too comfortable. And too used to the gospel being watered down. Or even being spoon fed something that has no lasting sustenance. You know, I, I'm, I'm all for people being fed. I love being fed. But, uh, you know, sometimes the heart of the Lord is not for you to be fed, but for you to be taught how to eat. Yeah. Yeah. 
or even for you to be taught what to eat and what not to eat. Some teaching will make you sick because it's not from the spirit of the Lord and the spirit of wisdom from heaven. How many of us know a truth can go sour? A truth can go sour. Any truth can get twisted out of its original nature and design. Uh, and then also some teaching and preaching, uh, it was good, but now it's, it's old. Okay, and it's time to put it in the heavenly compost bin where it's useful. Because it can be built upon so that a new and a more fruitful garden can grow. We've got to acknowledge and desire the goodness of God yes. and the holy fear of God. Yes. Come on. He's the lion and the lamb. We didn't plan that this morning. We didn't talk beforehand. Uh, you don't want legalism. I understand that. We don't want legalism. Uh, but you don't want liberalism either. Ask anyone from California. Yes. You don't want liberalism either. As an old man once told me, uh, before I left on a trip, he says, son, keep it between the ditches and sunny side up. Amen. <laughs> True story. Keep it between the ditches and sunny side up. That'll preach. <laughs> you see, when you lose the spirit of the fear of the Lord in the church and in our gatherings or in your life, then all you're left with is a good feeling and a good atmosphere. Uh, now, those things are not bad at all. They're good. But it's a greater realm of God's glory to access when we begin to walk in the fear of the Lord. Yeah. I've been talking about a great returning of the fear of the Lord in the church. And I preached a message on it in October of last year. Uh, you can go back to the Arise podcast and listen to that if you would like, if you missed it. But I've seen an increase uh, in the spirit of the fear of the Lord in this house uh, really over the last two years or so. And I say that I've seen it over a span of two years uh, because uh, the fear of the Lord is something that is learned and it's cultivated. Yeah. Psalm thirty four eleven says, Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. You do not receive the fear of the Lord through the laying on of hands like you can receive a spiritual gift or an anointing. The fear of the Lord is not received through the miraculous. The fear of the Lord is cultivated, which means it's learned through commitment and attention and surrender and sacrifice. It's a decision to set yourself apart in the holy fire of God. Uh, Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son Isaac. And, and you, you all know the story uh, as he tied his son to the altar and raised his hand, the angel of the Lord uh, called to him from heaven, and he said in Genesis 22, 11 and 12, he said, Abraham, Abraham. So Abraham said, here I am, Lord. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lab or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. For now I know that you fear God. Now Abraham is known as the father of faith. Uh, we see his, his great faith in the account of Abraham's life in the book of Genesis. And the Bible actually tells us that uh, the things in which Abraham did in faith, God counted it to him as righteousness. 
Uh, Paul also talks about the faith of Abraham in Romans 4. We see uh, uh, much talk and celebration of Abraham's faith in the scriptures. Yet catch this church. The angel of the Lord says in this passage as he stops him at the altar, For now I know that you fear God. The Lord needed to know that this great man of faith who had proven his faith and in whom he chose to make into a great nation and for all the people of the earth to be blessed through, the Lord needed to know that not only was he a man of faith, but also that he feared him. Because there's things that God wants to do through you that requires not just your faith in the Lord, but it requires that you fear the Lord. Ecclesiastes 12.13 says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For this is man's all. These are words from King Solomon. And, uh, and they, these words in Ecclesiastes 12, they resound in my heart because uh, he wrote this at the end of his life. And we're talking about a man who possessed God-given wisdom. Okay, he ruled over a kingdom, the Bible says, unlike we've ever seen or ever would see. All right, he had a supernatural favor in the, in the eyes of people, favor in the eyes of the Lord, and it included uh, the wealth of nations. Royalty would travel from afar. You remember the Queen, Queen of Sheba. Royalty would travel from afar, other lands, just to see for themselves the greatness and the wisdom of this man. Okay, he saw the glory of God in such a way, and we still receive from his wisdom. Yet also, uh, if you know the story of Solomon, you know that he allowed himself to look to other things, and he ended up straying from the ways of God. So this resounds with me because here's a man who's not only infused with a God-given supernatural wisdom uh, and who experienced the goodness of God, but also a man who experienced the turmoil of walking away from God and everything that entails. And this is what he says at the end of his life in this scripture I just read to you. He's saying all the things I've written uh, there's something that's just set apart from the rest of all the teachings, all of my teachings to you. And it's actually the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is man's all. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is man's all. The word fear or reverence is used over 300 times in the scriptures as relating to God. Uh, fearing God has nothing to do with being afraid. I shared that with you last time I preached on the fear of the Lord. has nothing to do with being afraid. You can't confuse the fear of the Lord with natural fear. Okay, 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Right. Now notice it doesn't say perfect love casts out all fear. I'm not sure where along the lines people started you know, saying cast out all fear, but it actually says, but perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love, perfect love does, does cast out fear, but it will never cause you to cast out a reverent fear of the Lord. Fearing God is a reverential posture, and it's a holy respect. It's a living in awe and a humble admiration of the Lord God Almighty. Jesus is our friend. Holy Spirit is our comforter. Father God is loving, and he's forgiving, and he's a, a patient father in which every good and perfect gift comes from. But we dare not forget that the mountains quake and the earth trembles at his presence, it says in Nahum 1.5. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Psalm 97.2 says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Lift him and his majesty up above everything in your life, church. Everything, every other glory is under his glory. Yeah. 
Every other power is under his power. Every other spirit is under his spirit. Exalt him and always exalt the Lord God Almighty. He's above all else. And when you enter into the realm of the fear of the Lord, uh, when, when you even just get a glimpse, I'm talking about a, even a glimpse, even a portion of his unmatched holiness, uh, then all the more, all the more, church, will you be undone by his, by, by his heart for you, by his friendship, by his intimacy with you. All the more will you be undone by his, his nature, his unfathomable nature. Uh, and the ways in which his eyes are on you, the ways in which his heart burns with, with passion and with love for you. It's in the glory of the fear of the Lord uh, through humility and holiness that you actually begin to understand the weight of the sacrifice of Jesus. You actually begin to understand the weight of the power and the authority that you carry as his redeemed, as his beloved one, as his chosen one. And there's nothing in the entire Word of God, in the entire Bible, that is associated with more promises than the fear of the Lord. Many people do not know this or or understand this or have not been taught, but there's nothing. uh, Faith, prayer, fasting, grace, uh, even love is not linked to as many promises as the fear of God is. Uh, Malachi 3.16 says, uh, Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. And the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. All right, so this tells us God hears your voice and he remembers those who fear him. All right, Exodus 20, 20 says, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep from sinning. So the fear of the Lord will keep you from sinning. The grace of God, church, is so good and abundant and readily available through Jesus. Hallelujah. His grace is where we want to live from. But we must also remain in the fear of the Lord. In the fear of the Lord and recognize that all it takes is one sin. One sinful decision that can destroy a marriage. It can hurt and wound uh, the people we love most. And one decision, one sinful decision can uh, lose the trust of those that God has given us to lead. Uh, the trust of others is, is precious. It's like that you're just holding their heart in your hand. And all it takes is one sinful decision to lose that and to break that. Let the fear of God run through you because when the fear of God is with you, it will keep you from sinning, says the word. Psalm 128, 1 through 4 says, Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. It says you will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. This is a promise, church, of blessing and prosperity. This is a promise, uh, men, for your wife or if you're not married, your future wife. This is a promise uh, for your children or your future children. And I've told you this before. Uh, but my, my dad, uh, he, I remember him telling me in all the years of his ministry and, and counseling married couples, uh, he did a lot of that. He rarely, if ever, encountered a woman who was not willing to follow a man who was making Jesus a priority in their marriage and, uh, and home and who walked in humility, which is a sign of the fear of the Lord. You know, he said, hey, they weren't expected to be perfect. 
by any means. Uh, but if there was a passion for Jesus being the center and priority, and if there was a, a humility, a woman would follow his lead and respect that man. Maybe it's because, as the scriptures say, when the husband walks in the fear of the Lord, his wife is able to thrive like a fruitful vine. Psalm 111.10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belong eternal praise. The fear of the Lord is the gateway to wisdom. This is a promise. This is a promise, church. But you can't have godly wisdom without the fear of the Lord because it's the beginning of wisdom. Malachi 4.2, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. There is healing in the fear of the Lord, church. Fear his holy name, reverently respect and live in trembling awe and wonder of our great and indescribable God. And you have a promise of healing. Proverbs 3, 7 and 8 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Then it says this, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. To go further with, with, with this, it, Proverbs 10, 27 says, The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. The fear of the Lord prolongs your life. Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. The fear of the Lord activates angels on your behalf that deliver and protect. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of us want angels camping around your house? How many of us want angels camping around your car? How many of us want camp, uh, angels camping around your children at school? Come on, I declare in the name of Jesus, an increased encampment of angels around your life in the fear of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Psalm 34, 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. Those who fear him have no lack. Praise God. Hebrew 5, 7. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. That reverent submission there is the fear of the Lord. This scripture moves me because I think about Jesus, our king, the son of God, fervently crying out in prayers. With tears and, and, and holy reverent submission. And it says when you do this, your prayers are heard. Proverbs 19.23, the fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. Untouched by trouble. I'm really, you know, we don't always know. I'm not sure what you came here uh, looking for this morning. But I do know you will find it in humble reverence and holy surrender before the Lord your God. Jeremiah 5.24 says, let us fear the Lord our God who gives autumn and spring rains in season, who assures us of the regular weeks of harvest. The fear of the Lord our God secures our harvest. Do you see that the fear of the Lord is his goodness? Fearing him is his good heart towards you. Now, I want us to go into Acts, the book of Acts. Uh, We've been looking at these scriptures on the fear of the Lord that are for your life. Okay, um, if you would like these scriptures that I just went through for your life, email me at jeremy at arisebirmingham.com. It's just jeremy at arisebirmingham.com. Email me. Give me just a little time, and I want, I want, I'll, give you, I'll send you all these scriptures that I just went through so that you can meditate him. Because we need, we need to meditate on these scriptures. We need to meditate on the word of God. And so we've been looking at these scriptures on the fear of God for your life. Now I want us to look at some scriptures about uh, the church that fears the Lord. Okay. The church that fears the Lord. It says in, um, 
Acts 9.31, it says, Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace, and they were strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. The fear of the Lord brings peace and strength to the church. And it expands the influence of the church. No wonder the devil has gotten ministers and ministries to water down the gospel and implement growth strategies that are aimed at the fear of man rather than surrendered in the fear of God. No wonder the devil has sought to remove the fear of the Lord from the church because he doesn't like blessing and increase for God's people and God's kingdom. Uh, There are just too many things in our churches today that are without the fear of the Lord. Uh, And I want to show you now in Acts 5, this is our final scripture, uh, in Acts 5 that the return of the fear of the Lord in the church is a key to the supernatural. The return of the fear of the Lord in the church is a key to the pouring out of the full measure of the Spirit of God. Acts 5, I'm going to start in verse 11. It says, And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. So where we're at in verse 11 is uh, Ananias and Sapphira, they had sold the piece of property and they had kept proceeds back uh, from the sale of the property. And Peter, if you remember, Peter told them, he said, you have not lied to man, but you have lied to God. And as you recall in this passage, both, both of them after this, they breathed their last and were found dead. And that's when it says in verse 11, it says, And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. Uh, this is the same holy fear in this scripture as Mark 4.41 that says, And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? It's the same holy fear of God where we read in Luke 2.9 where it says, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. Did I tell you that it's a new realm of God's glory to access when we walk in the fear of the Lord? Uh, And it says in verse 11, as I said, it says, And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. But then look, church, what happens right after verse 11? What happens in verse 12, right after that scripture where the fear of God came upon the church? It says in verse 12, it says, Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. Then it says, And they were all together in Solomon's portico. Some translations uh, say all together in one accord. All right, and then 13 says, and none of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And then verse 14 says, and more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats. Then as Peter came by, and least his shadow might fall on some, some of them. Verse 16, it says, The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Healing and miracles came after a reverential fear came upon the church. Immediately after, after the fear of the Lord came upon them, signs and wonders began to be released. Then it says, as we saw in the end of verse 12, And they were all in one accord. 
All right, so the fear of the Lord came. Then signs and wonders and miracles came. And then a unifying of the saints. We can try to do all these things that bring unity or we can walk in the fear of the Lord and true biblical unity and fellowship and family will come. And as it says in verse 13, it says uh, there were those that didn't join the church, but they held the church in high esteem. So you see, when we begin to walk in the fear of the Lord, the world will recognize and respect the church. They will see signs and they will see wonders and they will see real, authentic, true family and recognize that there is power in the church. They will recognize that there is life in the church. Uh, Mary, the Queen of Scots, uh, she said this about John Knox. He was a Scottish reformer. She said, uh, I fear his prayers more than all the assembled armies of Europe. She said, I fear his prayers more than all the assembled armies of Europe. You see, she held him in high esteem and recognized the power. Then verse 14, as we read, it says, More than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So the Lord didn't just stop with, with adding people. He started multiplying people. Okay, in the kingdom of God, addition is great, but multiplication is greater. The kingdom of God is about multiplication. Expansion and multiplication of the church began to take place because of the fear of the Lord. And then verse 15 and 16, it says, uh, They even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The healing shadow anointing of Peter that we always talk about and that we want to have faith for, how did it begin? It began with the fear of the Lord coming upon the church. Verse 16, the people also gathered from around the towns, around Jerusalem, Okay, they started coming and gathering from around Jerusalem. So this wasn't just a community-based move of God or a single city-based move of God. It was regional, church. It was regional, bringing uh, the sick, it says, and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Hallelujah. Will you stand up with me? Stand up with me. And I want you just to lift your hands to the heavens. Lift your hands to the heavens. The end of the matter has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. Fear God and keep his commandments. Stop praying for the things that you desire to see God do in your life and start crying out for the fear of God. I'm going to say that again. Stop praying this morning for all the things you desire to see God do in your life. Enter into a new realm of his glory. Enter into a new realm of his glory and start crying out for the fear of the Lord across the house and across the room. The fear of the Lord is a choice. It's a choice you make. It's also a spirit, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, and it can be an encounter for you this morning. It's a choice, a spirit, and an encounter. But first, you've got to make a choice Make a choice in a way you never have before and cry out for a great returning of the fear of God in his church and in his people. Cry out for a great returning of the fear of God in his house, in his church, and in his people.
every other glory is under his glory every other spirit is under his spirit every under power is under his power tremble before the lord god almighty and exalt him above all else if you're ready to walk in the fear of the lord and see the fear of the lord return to his church i want you just to do something right now it doesn't matter what it is do do something do an act come forward lift your hands start praying out loud Get on your face. Get on your knees. Walk around the room if you want to. Stand in your chair. It doesn't matter. Do an act that says, I'm ready to walk in the fear of the Lord God Almighty. And I'm ready to see the fear of God return to His church, to His house, and to His people.
releasing mantles. I see him releasing mantles on new people this morning. I see that people have been using their authority and mantles to serve themselves and to serve man. And God is releasing new mantles upon his people and upon his leaders who has said, I will serve the Lord God Almighty and the Lord God Almighty alone. I thank you, God. There's someone in this room right now. You're running from your destiny. You're running from your destiny. And the Lord says, come, come, come. Step into your anointing. Step into your destiny. And I'll place my mantle upon you. If that's you, you know who it is. You know it's you. I bless you. Outpouring. 
making this choice, you need to be equipped, equipped for what's to come.